Laura Hilkert, intuitive healer, wife, and mother. Join me in my messy and wild ride to healing. Welcome back. It has been too long. Um, I have been in quite a hiatus. Um, I am currently off work because I'm healing from a concussion. And so Coop and I, um, I have a very special guest, my now 12-year-old son, uh, Cooper. We're recording from my house. Um, And Coop has not been on in a while. We recorded, I don't know, I think like a year or two ago. Two years. Um, Yeah. So he's coming to you now as a 12-year-old. He is in sixth grade. And we're going to tackle some, I don't know, some brave and tough topics. We're going to just see where it goes. Right, bud? Yeah. All right. So let's kind of dive right in sixth grade. Tell me a little bit about sixth grade. Is it harder? Is it different than Um, like last year? It's it's easier than fifth and fourth and fifth grade. Okay. Easier what? Like academically, like the curriculum? Uh, the, the teachers are more, are more, um, they're more nicer and the education is more easier. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Um, I would agree with that this this year seems a little bit less intense in that aspect, but there's been other things that are a little harder, right? Um, what do you think? Sixth grade. What is sixth grade like, as far as how kids act? Do you think everybody's trying to like fit in? Yes. Do you think everybody's what like worried? Is everybody worried about what everybody thinks? Yes. Okay. So tell me like a typical day at school. No using names. Just like what's like the vibe? Like you're you're Um, walking down the halls. Everyone goes to one person's locker and tries to be cool, but then they're late. (laughs) So I'm always in class and reading a book. Okay. So everybody's just trying to fit in. Yeah. I get that because the thing is most kids don't realize is most adults are just trying to do the same thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, What is, where would you say is the one time of the day that kids are trying their hardest to fit in? Is there like a certain time of the day? Is it like in the morning? It's like recess and lunch. And lunch? Tell me about like the lunch dynamic. What's going on at lunch? Me and my friend always try to. Me and my, my friend and I always get booted from another table, and we end up going to a table, and everyone follows us, and then the two jerks end up coming back mm. because because they realize that they have no friends. Yeah. And and so, like, you go to sit down at a table. Yeah. And they're like, you can't sit here? Yeah. They, and what's, like, the point of that? Why can't you sit there? Just because the person decided that's what they think is... They're like, cool. Oh, okay. Do you think it's cool no. to be like that to people? It's rude. Yeah. Are there... What... Do you think that most middle schoolers understand the magnitude and weight that their words have on people? Nope. What do you think words... What What do you think, like, the importance of words that you... And how you treat people, like... How do you think that affects and sticks with other That could students? stick with you for weeks, months, even years. Yeah, right? Because, yeah. like, words are... Very powerful. They're po- very powerful and very important, right? Yeah, underestimated. They're very underestimated. Um, yeah, it just... Oof. I mean, I know even myself as a middle schooler, I can think back to being in middle school, and there were times I wasn't so proud of. For sure. Um, that I wish I could go back, go back and learn. But I do love that you know that important lesson. Um, well, I want to talk also about, because I feel like you've tackled some really big things this yeah. year. So um, we've talked in the past about an anxiety, right? Yeah. An anxiety yeah. disorder, um, which... 
right? You've got a 504 yeah. plan yeah. accommodations. You've kind of tackled that. Yeah. We've got um, amazing therapists that helps both of us, right? Like, awesome. And recently, the OCD that was just kind of like in the background, it was like a, your anxiety was like the, the main show. Yeah. That kind of took a backseat. And what kind of stepped in to the front was what? My OCD. Was your OCD. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Uh, like, when OCD. did you start to notice OCD becoming... 10-ish. Like, you know, like level 10 and the anxiety oh, was like less. 11. I guess they go hand in hand. Um, OCD is you could be perfectly fine, you could be happy, and all of a sudden you smell or something and it feels like the world is over. Like, for example, let's say um, I'm walking outside... And I breathe in something bad like smoke. You think that you aren't wouldn't be good anymore or something, right? So, like an example that we can give the listeners, um, the the Canada um, wildfires. Yeah, that happened, right? And everybody else is kind of breathing that in. Yeah. And you're breathing it in. And what? Run me through like when you breathe that in and you see the smog. Out in the air, where does your brain with OCD, what does it tell you? Level 10, red alert. Okay, tell me more about that. Um, it's basically like um, the world's going to end. Okay. And then you start getting to... Like when you say the world's going to end, like, what what does that mean? So like you like think a, you're getting sick? Yeah, and it's like a Sprite bottle throughout the day. Yeah. All of it comes and comes and comes and comes until the bottle explodes and then you have a full-on anxiety attack. Yes, that is very accurate. OCD, a lot of people associate, they think OCD, um, first of all, people use it very blasé, very like, oh, I have OCD. They think if they're super organized, that's OCD, Um, which really isn't funny, right? Because OCD is a really powerful, hard thing to live with, right? Um, it, it's more, it's not just germs, although it can become germs. So like, for example, the fire, the wildfires, yeah. I remember this was like a big thing. You came outside. Yes. Oh my gosh. When I breathe in the air, what is that going to do to my lungs? Is it going to make me die? These kinds of like scary thoughts. Yeah. What is it like to sit in school with OCD? Um, very, um, it's very hard because you don't have anyone to really, like, talk to. So usually what I'll do is I'll just take a restroom break and walk it off or something. Yeah. Or j- just get a nice cold drink of water. Yeah. So can you tell me, like, something that would be a struggle in the school day with OCD? Like, can um, we talk a little bit about, like, choosing so, things? Yeah, so... Like, let's start I, in the morning. We walk into school as a, uh, a person with OCD. You walk into the school, and it's it's important to let the listeners know, like, somebody with OCD, everybody has yeah. their own thoughts. And the OCD is, how we learned it, right, is yeah. the bully. It's the bully that says no. untrue facts and thoughts yeah, that, like, that makes your body feel that it's true. Yeah, there's, like, the maybe game, the just right, the, I think there's two more can't remember okay so we're walking into the school building and what would be well let's just do the bus we get on the bus what's the first thing the ocd would tell us on the bus the seats the seats what's it what about the seats there there's like germs everywhere and i don't like when my book bag hits the ground right so the second because i want people to kind of understand this the the struggle that's ocd right so every other kids just get on the bus and they're like yeehaw they're breathing in all the germs you get on the bus and you're like, ugh, and, it's like you can feel the germs. And OCD because I think I'm going to be late for class because um, my bus gets there two minutes before the bell rings and go up to our class. This is a big thing with OCD, being on time, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're on the bus and then what? You um, get to school and so where's I, the OCD brain go? So I get to school and there's this... So there's we have these doors where car riders come in, and then there's the bus, and there's just this big blob of people waiting to go. And when I always go through there, there's people hacking all over me. 
germs, yeah, right? And okay. So then I go upstairs, I get in front of the crowd, I put my book bag away, and it's hard to pick out the right pencil or the right Can pen. you explain that to people that don't yeah. know about OCD when, so when you say you like, have to pick out the... So it's like, um, it's like if you pick out a pair of pants and you feel like the other one might fit you better or you're missing out on something. Right. See, and I can remember this. So um, I learned that I had OCD not until I was in my 30s and you were in therapy. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap, I've had OCD my whole life. Because I can remember picking out socks and holding two pairs of socks and thinking, if I, which pair of socks is going to not make something bad happen? Like, I would hold the socks and be, like, paralyzed. Like, I don't know which pair of socks to put on my body. Sometimes you have to pick out different pair of socks. Yeah. Or, um, Or sometimes you just have to pick a pair. Well, and what we do with therapy, right, is if if the OCD belly is saying you, you have to pick a sock, sock you're like, I'm going to pick the one that yeah. the OCD bully is telling me not to pick. And it's like you fight the bully. You basically tackle it bit by bit until it gets so strong. Yes, that's good. So that's kind of explaining the pencils. It's like you're yeah. trying to figure out which pencil feels right. Yeah. When most every other kids are just picking. Yeah. They're just picking a pencil and going about the day. Um, yeah. So picking those pencils, you're you're kind of figuring that out. Then what would you do? You've got so, you've collected your stuff. You've tackled the pencils. So this year we have this new thing. Um. So we have double block. Last year we had double block English. This year I have double block English. So I go in there. And I, we have 10 minute, minute silent reading. And sometimes my teacher says I can use that time just to organize my binder mm-hmm. because um, it bothers me. And like when you're walking by in a hallway and you see other kids' lockers messy, it drives you nuts. Yeah. So and, you do like organized. Like your room yeah. is very organized, yeah. right? But, At home, it's but very sometimes organized. Sometimes OCD can come or- unorganized. Yes. And it can become, and we'll talk about that in a second. I want to talk about that unorganized and kind of when we realized we were back in the OCD and um, the biggest indicator was your room, right? Was the room. We'll talk about your room in a second. What about lunch? Let's go to lunch. Where are we at with lunch? So then all my friends are slow to get down to lunch. I'm very hungry most of the time. (laughs) So I usually speed walk down the hallway to my locker. I throw my stuff in my locker. I go down there. I sit at a table. Me and my friend find a table and we just throw our lunch boxes down and my friend buys a milk every day mm-hmm. and he goes get that and he sits down and we all eat lunch then i always to beat the crowd i always you're allowed to eat outside because we go outside for a little bit of outside time mm-hmm. and i always go out there a little bit early just to get ahead of the crowd because i get stampeded all which the is time. also a part yeah. of your ocd right yeah. you want to yeah. be first this is like a growing theme you always yeah. want to be early you want to be i mean i like to first. be early because that's anxiety the, too yeah all the big kids um always just run over you yeah and so that when i'm out there some people some people think i'm weird that i go out there early but i don't care yeah Um, what would you say is the hardest part of the school day with OCD? It's just not quitting, not standing there and drifting off into the abyss. You like have to stay on task and look. It's not like elementary school where you could just, oh, you could go off into a fairy land and you wouldn't have to come back. This is like, you have to pay attention and write down. Yes. Um, Yeah, and I do think it's brave because I think people have no idea how exhausting and hard it is every day just to show up and do simple things that everybody else finds really simple that's actually really hard for your brain and body to process, right? On top of just being an intuitive individual. Yeah, then I go to my 6th and 7th period class. Uh, That's math, and I love that um, person because... So she, um, like... She know like um knows like anxiety. Mm-hmm. So um she gives us So she understands anxiety. So, yeah, so she gives us a ten minute break every day. Awesome. So so you get a thirteen minute break because the three plus the ten. You get to go on your computer for ten minutes just to do some stuff and then we get back to work or we'll just play a game to get our wiggles out. I love that. 
Yeah. I think it's important to move your bodies cool. and stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. And what about at the end of the day to get to the bus? Does that feel so, anxious? So um, this year, since mass is a double block, I, that would be a special, and my A period would be a home base. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I go to my social studies teacher. I'm in there, and we always leave a minute early, and the big kids come flying down the hallway, mm-hmm. either, and my binder either gets knocked down and go to the other side and I have to go grab it. So my nice bus driver, um, since I get car sick, she saves a front seat for me. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I can't. I can take my time, but I can still get down there fast enough. Right. So I don't really have to. You are really always very lucky be, with being looked out for, yeah. whether it's on the bus yeah. or having good teachers. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, that's kind of that. Um, and I wanted to revisit something you brought up earlier, yeah. which was um, how OCD can be really organized or disorganized. Yes. So. When we realized we had something we had to tackle with the OCD, because in, at this point, OCD was kind of like a thing that popped in when you got super anxious. Yeah. So then we realized it was a problem because you usually have a very clean room. And, and it was like a wreck. And, of course, I'm yeah. not too hard on and, you guys about your rooms. Yeah. And what we came to realize was it was a I mess. Why? Well, this this happened because this was, was couple, like a level ten it was, episode. It was a couple times. It's um, if you move something, it just doesn't feel right, and you just have to move it back to that same exact spot. So, for example, let's say I'm in my room. Uh, let's say I'm watching TV, and I yeah. move the remote. And then it just doesn't feel right. Or the volume just isn't at an even right. or an odd number. So then you end up just like nothing is allowed to move. Yeah. So when this happened in your room, yeah. by the time I realized, because you were trying to be brave and not telling me about it, yeah. we realized, whoa, we got to do this. So should we tell them like, what, what do we, what do we have to do um, to, to get us so to get us to a better place? What we did. So you helped me clean my room. And bit by bit, every day we would move stuff. We would stuff. pick like five yeah. things. Yeah, and then I would, then I would eventually move it, and then eventually I cleaned my whole room. Right. And I remember, um, it's like it feels very like when you're having an anxiety attack. What you do is you like wiggle your feet, and you go to your knees. Oh, when you'd be having like yeah. a panic attack yeah, over like, it. Like, oh yeah, let's t- let's talk about what do we I, do here. So what you do is you start at your feet and you go. And then so you, that's a deep breath yeah. because I can't see you. So oh, we have to, yeah. it would be, what? what's the first thing that I would say to you? Okay, feel your feet. I'd say, Cooper, feel your feet. where are your feet? Then you wiggle would, your toes. And you would go up to your knees, wiggle your knees. I would, say, I would say, feel your ankles, yeah. feel your knees, come all the way up to your hips. I was like, feel your hips relax. Let your eyebrows relax. I would get up to your belly. I'd say, let your belly relax. And then I would say, let's untighten your chest. And we would go all the way up mm-hmm. and relax everything from the eyebrows up to the head, right? Mm-hmm. And then bring you back into that moment. And that's what we do, right, when we're feeling super anxious then, in our house. And sometimes you'll give me Reiki and pull out stuff in my chest. Yes. Reiki is a must in our house, right? Um. So, just, we kind of wanted to talk about this because I feel like OCD is very misunderstood. It's something that people don't really understand, and it's, our understanding is that um, OCD and anxiety go together. Yeah, they're like best friends. Yeah, they are like the BFFs, but they're like double trouble. And And I remember... Um, I remember I had to do that Nike box where I had to put good thoughts of happy thoughts in. When oh I was yeah, we've had so many great tools that, um, yeah, our that your therapist has given us. It's okay. Yeah, we aren't gonna say your name. We're trying not to say names. Um, excuse me, yawning. I mean, it's what. It's almost nine o'clock at night, and we're just recording in a bedroom yeah, here at the I house. Think, I think there's two things that are contagious: yawning and smiling. 
That is, those are both contagious, yawning and smiling. That is so true. And um, bad attitudes can catch on too. <laughs> well, because what? Because bad what? energy because just bleeds yeah, out into everything. It's like a domino effect. Yeah, it is. What? If you could talk to kids in the middle school and you th- and they were going to like take something away and actually listen that we know middle schoolers don't tend to listen if you could give advice and you were talking to the entire middle school what would be something you wish they would know and do or change okay. so, you, so i'll let you take the floor here you never try to be like someone else you have and, to, and can you elaborate on that? Um, Why so, don't be like so let's anything? Say, let's say all of your friends are dressing the same and have the same shoes, and you have different shoes. Don't feel left out. That just means that you're too cool for them. Yeah. It and just you, means you're being different. Yeah, be yourself. Yeah. yeah. You don't, you don't want to, you won't get, you want to be recognized. You don't want to be blended in. Yes. So if it took you, me you just 40 years to figure that out, you just can't let them get to you. So what if they care what you think? And I want to ask you this. When somebody is making fun of you for like let in the situation, having the only pair of cracks, that's a different color. So let's oh, say everybody's wearing white cracks and you're doing something else. Why do you think that they're doing that. Do you because think it's because they actually care what shoes you have on or what is the root just, cause of that? They're, they're just trying to get laughs or they're trying to be cool. And when people say I have different color of hair, I said, why don't you have this pair? Why but what do you think the root causes behind that? Like, do you think they're doing that because they actually care about the shoes? No, or do you think it's because they're maybe insecure? They're jealous or insecure, one of those. And they're yeah. just trying to get laughs. Yeah. What do you think a kid that's trying to to go out of their way to make you feel stupid. What do you think is going on inside their bodies? They're probably, they're probably nervous that they're like, Oh my God, panic, panic. This, this person is probably has cooler crocs than me. I need to do something really fast to make it. Yeah. Do you think that they, that inside their body, there's just like some insecurities happening? Yeah. Like, like they're like, ah, the crocs are cooler than mine, but I need to make sure mine are cooler still. Like, uh, do you think, like, what's the difference, like, a kid that makes fun of, like, goes out of their way to make somebody feel dumb, and then the kids that don't do that, wh- why do you, where are they learning that? Like, where is that coming from, do you think? This, this is all coming from the internet. You think the internet? Because the internet is so bad now. Yeah. I, that's why I don't like on being on that TikTok. TikTok well, you thing. don't have access yeah, to any of that I don't stuff. Like that, any You're of that not stuff. allowed on TikTok. Yeah, or any of that stuff. All the kids. At like, school, where do look kids? I don't even understand. And all these kids at school have this big group chat, and there's some different language going on in there. Yeah, yeah. I you're you're not getting on any of that <sighs> stuff for a long time. Yeah, we've talked about this. I'll I'll fall. I will just fall on that sword of not being the cool parent that allows their kids well, on all those things. Because these people, these people have thirty notifications every three minutes. Who wants that many notifications on their phone? Not people with OCD. Anxiety, I, I can I, tell. Yeah. I keep mine on Do Not Disturb, and I don't see any of the notifications because notifications stress me out. Um, okay, so you were giving advice. Sorry, I was I had to uh, elaborate. So if you're talking to the whole middle school and you are telling them like you words that you want them to hear, so that's one. Okay. What's something else? So. Um, don't, like, just try to be yourself and stuff, and, um, don't care about other people's opinions, because worst thing that could happen is that you could be a laughing joke for a couple days, and then it would eventually just go away. That is true. And, and it's fine, because who cares? It is, who cares? They're just people. They are just people. Is anybody actually better than no, anybody else? No one. Does being cool or popular actually give you any actually, sort of any sort of status? Pop, pop, popularity, I think it's good, but it can be like I don't know. Like sometimes you can get into bad stuff. Maybe like you know, like I mean, you can be in friend groups, but like well, friend think, groups are yeah fine. It's more about. 
I truly think the most important thing is how you treat people. Yeah, treat people the way you want to be treated. Right. Yes, I agree with that. This has been a great talk. Is there anything else we need to talk about? I don't know. I think we covered a lot of just OCD and what that feels like. Is there any other parts that we need to talk about and explain to people? um, Maybe any other um, yeah, topics um, sports, that we want to talk about? Sports this? can be um, Ooh, middle school sports. Sports be... with OCD. Okay, Let's talk so, about that. So OCD for sports is oh, I have to pick. I have to pick the right seed to eat. If I eat seeds, I have to get. I have to do a certain routine to get in my bat stance. And um, sometimes OCD. Let's say you're playing hard, fast pitch um, baseball. Um, you think, oh my God, you're gonna get hit. You then I actually had this one year where I would just jump out of the box and it'd be a strike right down the middle. And how I got out of that was my mom, my mom and dad helped me. Me and my dad would go in the cage every night. And he would help me, and then my mom and my mom would lay in bed with me and we would talk about it. And yeah. my dad would too. Yeah, because that was that was a lot, and it was like, it was like again OCD. Most people are just like. Oh, get over it. But in like part of what we had to get um, dad to understand because we had to get dad to understand OCD because you I just get it. Right. Because I've lived it. it. Um, But getting dad to understand that, you know, like those fears and things that happen with sports isn't like you're afraid. It's like you really cannot stop these thoughts. So you have to like reset it. OCD is just like. Continually resetting your brain. Yeah, and to, um, to process there's two other sports. So, so in fifth grade, I played tackle football, and I'm very skinny. So, <laughs> so um, I hated being hit, and I got blown up a couple times, and I just didn't like it. Like before games, I would have full on anxiety attacks, and then because um, yeah, it hurt. Grade, yeah, because in sixth grade year, I didn't play. I've been loving it because um, I've been having nights off. I get to play outside. Yeah. And then another thing is in basketball, um, if you don't get past the ball that much, you get really upset. And then when you get the ball past, you don't score. And it's like the world's going to end. And then, like, it's called, like, the funk. Like, you just can't get it out of it. It is the funk. Do you think it's going to be different this year, though? Where we are this year with your anxiety oh, and OCD versus last year at this time last so like year, a year ago at this time was hard it was like every night was in a panic attack every every night was panic attacks or every night was melt, a like some kind of anger anger um meltdowns right yeah. like the just overwhelming to go to school all day and deal with that then to yeah. go into a sport which you love sports but it was like sports were becoming not fun because, because was, you were not I in a good place. I had school on one side very high and sports, and when they collided, I just felt overwhelming. Like sometimes the nights where I just got to stay home and relax, it fe- it feels like it's the best thing. We're starting to go into basketball season now. Do you think basketball season is going to be less stressful this year? I think it is because... Um, because, like, um, um, we've been doing a lot of therapy work, and it's way more better now. Yeah, it is better. Your body has been able to Ma- reset. Regulate it more. Regulate, yeah. Your nervous system is regulated. If you, if you want to. You want to talk about yeah, that? You can. Okay, so part of why you are feeling better And this is something that he's just decided just now. He just whispered that we are going to talk about um, with his permission. So do you want to explain why your nervous system is finally able to self-regulate? And that is because of what? I am on a die-free. I'm on a die-free pill now. You are on a medication. Yes. Yes. And this medication treats... OCD yes. and anxiety. Yeah. And um, we have finally found a dosage. So we put off medication for a really long time, yeah, right? Because, because you're I'm nervous. very nervous about medications. And we got to a place at the end of, 
It was at the August. right before the school ended in May of this year. So yeah. right before your fifth grade year ended, yeah. and the OCD was so bad that you were unable to like you were staying up all night. Yeah, like I would, um, I would literally sit up in my bed all night, but then. We found melatonin, and I would fight it. And then when I wake up in the morning, I would I would almost fall asleep in class. Right, like so he got to a place where he was not only exhausted, which does not help temperament, but he was truly unable to, to just fall asleep at night, function during the day, um, very agitated, yeah, explosive. Like, like the littlest things would send me to a full on anger. Yes, like, and we were in baseball season at that time yeah. which you love baseball but it was like becoming like you you were not enjoying baseball because you weren't even able to show up in those moments like it was yeah. just so bad your anxiety was so bad the OCD was so bad and at this point we weren't I wasn't even fully aware like okay we're in the OCD so we start we finally decide with um the therapist that we're going to go this medication route therapist and and it's so great. So we've got two different doctors. You know, we go to one that helps us with our medicine and the other that is for our therapy. And it's a really beautiful combination. And what happened, because this medicine isn't an instant fix, right? So what it we learned was time. the medicine takes time, but also the medicine does not have success without doing the work yeah. and therapy and using all the tools. So what you have to do is you have to be very honest. So you have to tell... We have this journal thing going where it's, how's your anxiety today, 1 out of 10, like, or, well, we took, what did you eat today off? Yeah. Uh, and it's like, how, what was the best part of your day? And right. And it's, kind of and it's like, yeah. what is your anxiety? Our OCD is this, like, scales of 1 to 10. Is yeah. And the other part of the success of the medicine is accountability right yeah you have to you have to put the work in too the right. medicine just can't because is ocd you. an excuse to be a jerk to people no it's really not is it an excuse you, to you make can, bad choices no you can still control your own behavior yes you are so with that okay so then we start taking the medicine at the end of july what happened three weeks in so i noticed that i've been way more happier yeah and now, what does it feel like it, in your body it just feels like feels like a big bundle of joy yeah so before medicine your body couldn't really experience yeah. anything but anxiety right yeah because it was never it, it didn't it never unwound yeah. it was just like wound I, up i remember when i would get off the bus it would just be full on just not happy yeah so let's talk about coop getting off the bus in may of this year before so, medicine me, me? What would that have looked like? Hey, Coop, how's your day? What would you have said? Boring. Terrible. Terrible, boring. And I, I hate and school. I, and I just walk down the road or down the driveway. We have a pretty long driveway. And I get home, I say, pretty good. And I, I sprint down the driveway. Yeah, so that's what you do now, right? Yeah, now you get off the bus. I'm way more happier. Yes. What happens now when you strike out, let's say, in baseball? Um, I just... I just say, well, if you think about it, the pros <laughs> even strike out too. So, and no one's perfect. Yeah. So now you're like, it's fine. Eh, whatever. What What would have last May when you struck out? What happened? Um, it would have been me to just a full on anger. And the next time I get up there, I would, or I'm in the field, I just sag my hat down, or I. You'd shut down. Total shutdown. Yeah. Total shutdown. The mood. Yeah. Um, and, and so the medicine, what, what we've played around with different doses and stuff and what we've come to realize is it's like, it makes me want to cry. Cause it's like my coop's back. Yeah. And right. Like the coop that I know and love who is so full of life and loves sports and loves all these things is finally returned because before the medication, you weren't able you weren't able to find joy. Yeah. Um, you were truly we, saying, I cannot find joy. And I remember a couple of nights ago, my one of my worst OCDs, I think I'm not going to wake up. Yes. And one, and I always used to have to ask someone, and I think it was last night, yeah. I didn't ask anyone. Yeah. That's been a huge thing. Every yeah. night, OCD was telling you, 
especially before medication. So the medication doesn't take away your OCD, but it it allows your nervous system to be regulated and and then allows you to have a better nervous system state to fight the OCD. It's like like, um, you have a big fire and the fireman put it out and it's smoldering still, but you still have to put it out a little bit. Yes, that's a great description. I think it's really brave that you're talking about medicine too because nobody knows about that, right, Mm -hmm. at school. Um, and we talk about all the time, people need medicine for other stuff. So yeah. if you had diabetes, you would need medicine. I, need, if, I just need to watch my sugar. Yeah, it, it, it would be like, it's no different yeah. than needing help with this thing. Like an inhaler. It, exactly. You have asthma, you're yeah. going to have an inhaler. So you have OCD and anxiety and you need this medication. Yeah. And it makes it makes you the most you that you can be because it yeah. balances everything out, yeah. right? And I wish... I could have been on medicine when I was your age because I did truly suffer. I mean, I can remember I never slept. I did the same things. Yeah, but you just you just didn't know it really yet. No, I had I had no idea. Um, So the medicine has been amazing. I think we're headed in the right direction. We've leveled out to a place where we're in a we're in a good spot. We still go to we still go to therapy. Through a process of trial and error, figured out yeah. what works, right? Yes. What works best for you. And I think like my best advice at least to a parent, if you see your child struggling with anxiety or you're seeing these signs, please, please, please go and find a therapist. Go and find help because that help is not only going to help your child, but it's going to help you because I have learned more about myself as a parent and what I need to change and do through my son's therapy um, than I have in any therapy of my own. It has just been phenomenal to get that feedback of like, okay, this is what we can try this time. You know, giving tools for us to use together, right? Like we keep each other accountable. It makes me accountable too on how I respond to you. How am I, um, because what was part of our problem in your OCD. communicate that well. Well, and then also like part of the issue was when I was overly... Like attending it? At, like, yes, yeah. tending to the OCD bully. Yeah. So there was a point where I was actually making his OCD worse because I was empathizing and like, oh my God, I know how horrible this is because I lived through it. I was actually like... Feeding the fire. I was fueling and feeding the OCD fire because I would be like, okay, well, I'm just going to lay here with you like every night or I'm going to help and help and help. And the thing is... He needed to learn that he is powerful and can overcome the OCD bully. So there were times where that was happening. Or like at night, the questions where I was like, nope, you can only ask me the question once. Because we can't give too much power to OCD. And so that's been a beautiful thing with therapy. Um, And me learning those tools and in my part as a parent, where my boundary is. With you, yeah. with it, with and, you. So it's okay to be helpful sometimes, but, but there's other the times time. where I can't just aid all of the things for you. Well, I hope this helps somebody. Yeah, me too. Before we sign off here, could you tell me what would be three things that a parent could look for as a sign, as like a subtle sign that their child might have anxiety? Um, what is like, what are maybe three things? So three is, three is overly checking stuff. Okay. And maybe when they get home from the bus, it is very like, the littlest things <clears throat> can make it into the biggest things. If they feel yeah. irritable when they get home yeah, from school like every day. Agitated, Not like, just every once in a while. Yeah, every yes. single day. Because that's a sign yeah. that they're working hard to keep it together during the day. Yeah. It's like it's like just coming home and just going, <sighs> Yeah, they hit their safe place. Yeah. So ch- overly checking things, if they're extremely irritable every, like, yeah. daily, yeah. okay, when they get home from school. Yeah, the stress the night before, like, yeah. is my alarm going to go off? Do I, I have my stuff set up? Yeah. yeah, those are good signs. Um, 
So if you suspect that your child has anxiety, um, go and talk to your doctor about it. Try and find a good therapist. And um, yeah, because I don't think anybody should, you know, suffer in silence, right? And also good communication. Learn to sit and, you know, be a place where your kids can come and talk to you. Well, this was a fun yeah. episode and a good way for us to um, yeah. hang out when I can't watch TV. <laughs> like I'm trying and I, to and I don't heal really, my concussion. I don't really like watching TV without people. Yes. I mean, I can watch it in my room. Well, like, I love you, and I think it's really brave because I don't know many 12-year-olds that are so honest and talk about hard things, but, you know, you're cares? not really a normal who kid. Yeah, so... Um, thank you for coming on. I yeah. hope that you come on again. I will. And um, thank you for listening. Um, and until next time. You can learn more about me and the podcast at lifenofilter.com. Find me on Instagram at Laura Hillkirk and on Facebook at Laura Hillkirk 444. I'd love to hear from you. Email me at lifenofilter444 at gmail.com. Podcast music is by Grace Mesa.
you can learn more about me and the podcast at lifenofilter.com. Find me on Instagram at Laura Hilker and on Facebook at Laura Hilker 444. I'd love to hear from you. Email me at lifenofilter444 at gmail.com. To learn more about Carrie, visit astrotherapy.co. Music by Grace Mesa, Life to Live.